Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. This week, I chat with Rodney Olson, National Survey Manager from Intrax. So grab that beverage, sit back, relax, while we have a chat. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. Today my guest is Rodney Olson. Rod is a licensed surveyor and national survey manager from Intrax Consulting Group. Rodney was born in Corumbra, a small town southeast of Melbourne, Victoria. Rod has been in the surveying industry for 20 years and recently won the coveted Surveyors Board of Victoria Award for Best Overall Results in the Final Year Major Project and Cadastral Surveying. That was 2020. So this year, um, he also award, was awarded the Gippsland Umpires Association Golden Whistle sometime in his life. He can't remember when. <laughs> Rod loves to spend time with his family and pets, exercise, play darts, sample scotch whiskey, watching movies, reading books, and doing the occasional jigsaw. So welcome, Rod. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Peter. I'm welcome to be here. That's nice. Um, so, um, tell me a little bit about yourself, Rod. So, you were born in Corumbra. Did you grow up uh, there? Well, look, um, it's Currumbara. Oh, sorry, Currumbara. <laughs> going to get <laughs> no, yeah. that wrong. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. Um, yes, I was born in Currumbara. It's a small town, in, small country town in South Gippsland in Victoria. Um, largely uh, milking and dairy industry there. Um, but I grew up in the town. Um, my dad's a, a builder. And um, in my early years, I sort of uh, helped him out on, on a lot of his projects. Um, and that gave me sort of some hands-on experience. And, and I was always sort of looking for something that was more hands-on than, than not. So that's how I ended up, I eventually ended up in surveying. Yeah. Okay. So did you go through to year 12? I went through to year 12. Um, mm-hmm. And during that time, I completed some of the year 12 subjects in year 11 so that it gave me a head start um, okay. and then I was able to do so I actually did more of the year 12 subjects than than most um, the school was great in giving me the opportunities to do that mm-hmm. and, and in order to do that I did some of the year 11 subjects in year 10 so oh wow uh, um, so that was good it was, it was a really good time yeah okay so did you um, when you were were doing your 11 and 12 did you have the idea of being surveyor really didn't have time. any idea of where I was going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. I just knew that I just knew that I, I wanted to go and do something more and potentially more education. Um, I, you know, um, my family, my family, um, I was the first person to have gone to university. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, a, I suppose, a big step on a big change. Um, and I was really keen to um, see new things and do new things and, and learn more. So um, I knew I needed to do something more um, yeah. and I felt that university was, was something that I needed to, to do. Um, but I just lucked upon surveying. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really did. I lucked upon it. And it came, it came about because there was an ad in the local paper regarding a survey firm looking for someone to join their firm. Uh, and that sparked a bit of interest Uh, And then I started looking at the university courses and then was accepted at RMIT and decided to go to university instead of taking on a full-time job straight out of high school. 
Okay, so did you start working for them while you were still doing your HSC? Uh, no, after? I didn't. No, no, I did it. So what, going through university, I, I worked at a, I had a mate at uni who um, his father had a survey firm. So I worked with them on a casual, you know, part-time basis. Yeah. Um, and then I also picked up um, a job with Land Use Victoria at or what was Land Victoria at the time. Uh, and I was a professional title searcher. Oh, okay. So you got a bit of uh, the field and also what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. really good exposure. Interesting. So you took the three or four years to do the university? I took five. Five. <laughs> yeah. So um, second year, I had way too much fun. <laughs> uh, I ended up re I ended up failing um, four, three, three of the major major subjects in at university in year two. Um, at that time, the dean pulled me into his office and said, "Hey, Rod, you know you're an at-risk student. Um, you either need to pick a game up, or we don't have a place for you here at the university." Mm -hmm. Um, now that year had been a challenging year. One, I had too much fun, but there was a lot happening in my, uh, in my personal life at that time. Um, and there was a number of deaths in the family, uh, which yeah. helped to contribute to some of that. Yeah. Not all of that, but it did help to contribute to some of that. Mm. Um, so year three, uh, it was a bit of a, I, I suppose, kick up the pants. Um, you know, I needed to make it, I needed to choose whether I was going to go ahead or not. And I needed to repeat all of those projects that all of those subjects, which I, I, I didn't get through in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing how those, that adversity can, can, I suppose, sculpt mm -hmm. um, your thought process. So I knuckled down. Um, I found a new, I suppose, spark and uh, really found those subjects quite enjoyable the second time around. Uh, I hated them the first time around, but second time around, I really enjoyed them and really got engaged. Uh, and um, so, a different uh, mindset into into it. Completely different mindset. Yeah. And and the final year, so I won the Surveyors Board Award uh, in that final year of university. So it was actually back in two thousand and two, not not twenty twenty. Oh, as you I was mentioned thinking earlier. when I looked at the thing, it had twenty twenty written in there. Oh, so. sorry, that's my fault. Apologies. <laughs> think, oh, okay, uh, you've done something it, extra there. <laughs> No, no, it was 2002 that I won that award. So yeah, okay. um, it's awarded that to the student who sense. has, yeah, <laughs> it's awarded to the student who has the highest um, cadastral mark and also the highest grades in their final year project. So I was awarded that award. Um, so I'd gone from failing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, pulled into the dean as an at-risk student, and then the final year I, I also was pulled into the final the, the dean's office. And I thought, oh, geez, what have oh, I done this time? Done this time? <laughs> Uh, and he sat me down and said, look, Rod, you've missed out on honours by 0.1 of a percent. So I'd gone from, you know, Failing, essentially almost flunking out of university <laughs> to, to, you know, almost getting honours. So I was pretty, pretty chuffed with that achievement. Yeah. Um, and it just awesome. shows that, it just shows that with the, with the mindset, with a, you know, an active mindset, you can, um, you can do anything. Yeah. And how were your teachers through that? Like, you know, they saw you go from being, you know, completely not wanting anything to do with it and mucking up or whatever and partying and stuff to, did they sort of see that turnaround and, and put more effort in and help you because they saw that you wanted to, to um, do well? <laughs> Look, 
It's, it, it happens not only at university, but everything you do in life. So if you put the energy in, generally the energy is returned to you. Um, so that, that's something that I've taken away from that experience and others. Yep. Yeah. And I try and help, um, I try and help others understand that also. Mm-hmm. Similarly, when getting licensed now, each state has their own, you know, way of going about it. In yeah. Victoria, sign up a professional training agreement. Uh, in New South Wales, uh, there's the accreditations through BOSI. Uh, Queensland has a slightly different system, etc. Yeah. yeah. So normally a, a training agreement, a professional training agreement in Victoria would take, on average, three to four years to complete. Again, I took six. Why? I was holding myself back. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, essentially blaming everyone else for me not being able to do something. Right. When if when it was when it got to that point that I actually realised, hang on, it's here in front of me on a silver platter, and all I'm doing is holding myself back. It took me six months to finish that. Wow. So yeah. once I had that realisation, it didn't take long at all, and. That, that pipe dream that I had, well, you know, that goal that was, I was never going to reach if I didn't actually apply myself. Mm. I got there within six months. Wow. That's awesome. That's uh, yeah. It's, it's amazing when um, you have a little light bulb that sort of clicks and, and you just start seeing things in a different way and you just see this different path that you can go on and where, where it can actually take you to. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um my next question would be, um, and I probably know the answer, and most people are going to say the same thing. Do you ever regret your decision becoming a surveyor? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, surveying is a, it's a little known industry, um, but it's one of the, uh, it's one of the oldest professional industries in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and there's so few people know about it, which is disappointing. Um, but we're, you know, um, land tenure, um, titling, security in, you know, in people's investments plays a big part in world economies uh, uh, across multiple countries around the world. Yeah. Um, it, it provides stability. Um, so... Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing field to be in, yeah. and it's not just limited to any. You know, so you know, often we would talk about cadastral surveying, and for those who aren't aware that we're talking about land surveying, um, you know, you've got your engineering surveying, you've got your your, your um, hydrographic surveying. There's so many different things out there, um, and we fall into so many different places. Um, the use of different technologies, you know, you've got yeah. your, um, the ability to use drones and cameras and, and scanners and total stations and you name it. We've got so many job. cool toys out there that we can yes. play with. <laughs> and every job requires a, one of those to, to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm. For sure. Mm. But there's also, um, there's also a level of understanding behind it that needs to go into, needs to be considered as well. Um, so, it's not just playing with cool toys. There's actually a fair level of understanding that's associated with it as well. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, do you think that a degree is necessary to be successful in the surveying industry? Uh, 
Not necessarily. <laughs> and it's, it's, not a, it's not a given. Um, you don't have to by any means. Yep. Will it provide... The, the way I look at it is that a degree uh, provides more opportunities. Every qualification that you get provides more opportunities, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you use it as soon as you leave university or later, that degree, no one can ever take that degree away from yep. you. No one ever can take that certificate away from you. Um, so it will open doors later down the track. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with, uh, say, not going to university. However, um, I would recommend that uh, people, if they're going to stay in surveying for a long period of time, I would recommend that they do do some additional education. Uh, and generally, we put our staff through University of Southern Queensland, USQ, uh, where they provide all online content uh, and we help them through that process. They can do various modules. Uh, they, can, they can stop it at the certificate if they wish, or they can go through and do a full degree. So mm-hmm. it's entirely up to them. They can learn at their own time um, and they can do work and learn at the same time. So I would highly recommend that I would highly recommend that you that someone would do additional education if they were going down the surveying path, mm-hmm. but it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so you work for Intrax. You're the National Survey Manager. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do in your position? Do you get out in the field much? Uh, look, for I've been out in the field uh, twice now in the last seven years. Yeah. So, no, I don't get out in the field much anymore. Yep. Um, do I attend client meetings and travel across Australia? Yes, mm-hmm. when I can. With COVID, it's been a lot harder. <laughs> and I see um, at the moment you're probably stuck at home being in Melbourne or in Victoria. Yeah, yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been working from home since March. Yeah. Um, I haven't – I've left the house to go to the shops, essentially within five kilometres mm-hmm. of my house, and, and that's been about it since March. So uh, it has been tough. a tough time. Yeah. And how, how does that go with running, running you know, your, your part of the business? In, in... Uh, look, lots of video conferencing, lots of, lots of telephone calls, uh, lots of emails. Essentially, that's how I, that's, that's the only way that I can run the business at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I would love to get on a plane and just fly up to Sydney and or, and or Brisbane and catch up with the team's in those regions, but that's quite difficult for us to do so at the moment. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, totally understandable. Um, so with with having uh, all your teams uh, in, in this period of, of you know the pandemic, have they managed to still uh, get out on sites and do their jobs and things like that? Yeah, look, uh, Victoria is still in a restricted restricted sort of. Um, uh, sorry, we're still in restrictions at the moment. So we can't attend all projects in Victoria at the moment. But in New South Wales, Queensland, we have been able to get to most projects. It has caused um, some, I suppose, logistical problems in that you can only attend so many sites and particular, you know, so many people on site, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But we just need to work around those, you know. Yeah. Um, we're essentially doing our bit to ensure that you know, uh, we don't see a third or fourth wave occur yeah. Uh, yeah. as everyone else is in Australia. Yeah. So that's probably one of the bi- biggest challenges at the moment 
um, I think when it comes to the profession. Um, what what would you say would be the most exciting aspect of our of the profession from your point of view? Probably the fact that um, there's two things about it that it's quite unique. There's a historical factor, and, and it's steeped in traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, each state is very very different in the way they go about it. The different legislations. Um, the different requirements, but it's steeped in tradition. And then at the same time, it's at the cutting edge of, um, of, uh, of new innovations. You know, um, we, we're, we're, we quickly adopt uh, new, new field practices um, and we're often the first to be pushing, you know, scanning technologies um, and, and others yeah. that, it's it's a it's a really unique mix, and with that that traditional element, but then also uh, a modern a modern element that um, uh, that's uh, really unique. Yeah. Okay. Best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it was the best of both worlds, being able to uh, have an indoor job, but actually spend a lot of time outside as well. That's sort of what. There's that too. That's what. And that's how. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that's why I got into it in the first place because yeah. you had that mix of indoor and outdoor. And obviously throughout the first part of my career, I spent a lot of times outdoor. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being out in the middle of, you know, a winter. Um, it's actually quite pleasant when you're out there. You don't <laughs> think about it at the time, but it can be. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, there's something lovely about finding, um, you know, an old, an old RM or an old pipe in the ground or something like that that mm. was placed there over 100 years ago. Um, it's pretty exciting you know, to find something like that, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, the last seven years I've spent in the office, but um, that's not a bad thing either because what that's enabled me to do is help grow other staff. Yeah. It's helped me grow others. Um, so the way I look at it, I'm in this position because someone helped me get to this position. So they gave me the education and the training that I needed to help get me to this point now. Yeah. Obviously, I needed to do some work myself, but mm-hmm. I, I was helped along the way. So now it's my turn to help the next generation. And if I don't and we don't invest in the next generation, there won't be, there won't be anyone coming along. Yeah, I totally agree. So did you always have aspirations of being a manager? Uh, yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, people thought it was a bit odd as soon as I left university. And, you know, um, I, I remember applying for my first professional membership and I think it was with the Institute of Space Victoria at the time. And I sat down with a panel um, as part of the process and they said, okay, what do, what do you want to do in the future? And I said, I want to either be a business owner or a manager or something like that. And they went, oh, okay. Um, there was a lot of surveyors saying, look, I wanted to be licensed. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. Licensing was actually something that I was almost like a secondary for me, but I knew that I needed to do that to go to, to, you know, progress further. Um, So I always had some aspiration of either running a business or or being a business owner. Mm, Fair enough. Who had the biggest impact on your career? Lots of people. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any one person that's had the biggest impact. Um, there's been many and, and from, from various places as well. So 
you know, the, the fact that, you know, you just by learning, you know, resilience, um, empathy, being able to listen to people, um, understanding things like you don't know what you don't know, um, that you never know at all, essentially. Mm-hmm. So th- there's lots of little tidbits that I've received off many. So I can't sort of pinpoint one particular person and say, yep, that was one person that was um, um, the key. Yeah. Yeah. I'd suggest that it's lots of people and I try and learn something off everyone that I meet. Yep. What was um, the best advice that you've ever heard? There's a couple of times. So this is funny because I ask this question at interviews all the time. Um, And when it comes to me, I'll give you the response that I gave during an interview once. Um, It was from my great grandmother Mm -hmm. and she turned to me one day and just said, don't lose your spark. Um, You know, and that's something that you, we've all got a spark inside us. And, you know, if we feel that we can do anything. Yeah. If we don't, you know, we feel like we can't do anything. Yeah, that's pretty good advice. I'd take that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so you said you like reading. Yeah. What is uh, the most interesting thing that you've read this week? Uh, This week, um, I'm actually... Uh, I'm actually reading how to, how to win friends and influence people uh, as you are. I'm sure Peter as well. Oh, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> oh, look, I have, um, I'm fine. Even though the, the book was originally written 75 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how it's amazing. Some of the concepts that it picks up on and I, I'm re- I wish I had known about this book earlier. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm really enjoying it um, and, and I find myself getting through only small parts of it and then stopping and actually thinking about and digesting those, those components. Mm. Um, so it's, there's a lot of really good ideas, a lot of good concepts that I'm learning in that one. Yep. I will remember what Greg Goodwin always said, that read the whole book first and then go back and then go back and read it again and then you can start <laughs> making your notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> so what made it motivates you? I'm not I'm not sure, to be honest. Um Okay. I, I suppose Yeah, sure. Do you love your job? Yes. So um you love getting up and going to work? Yep. You've got a family? I've got a family. Um, I've got a family, uh, you know, I've got three dogs, a fish tank, a cat, you know, guinea pigs. Um, (laughs) My my daughter who, you know, who's nine and my wife who I've been with for, you know, some 20 plus years. So um, happy, you know, no, not one thing. Mm. Um, But I love getting up and going to work. Um, Even during lockdown, I've been at home for since March Mm. and, each day, do it. You know, doing work is is enjoyable. Um, I don't find it not enjoyable, even if yep. it's challenging. Um, 
that's just what it is. Um, the thing I probably enjoy most, and it comes back to something I mentioned earlier, is that I want to, um, I want to grow. I want to grow the next generation. I want to help them learn. So if I'm helping the, you know, uh, uh, say the national leader, or the, sorry, the uh, state leader in Queensland develop his skill set, or uh, a junior surveyor in Victoria learning the, the fine art of cadastral surveying, mm. it doesn't matter what it is, um, but I'm there to help. Yeah. Um, and I get, uh, that's quite rewarding when you see someone else's growth and development. Mm. Yeah, I know that feeling being a teacher and seeing a seeing a, a student who knows nothing about surveying and then seeing them at the end of the of their time at, at TAFE when I was there and just seeing how how different they were and how much they loved what they were doing or if they were struggling with something and all of a sudden you would see that light bulb moment where they actually got it. You kind of sit back and think, yeah, I've done I've done my job. Yeah. And they can yep. go out and progress on their career and keep keep our industry going. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like I said, if we don't invest in the next generation, there won't be another generation to follow us. Yep, totally agree. Um, what's your guilty pleasure? Probably whiskey. <laughs> so you must have some nice bottles sitting back there in the cupboard somewhere? I do. And unfortunately, as my father-in-law says, as soon as you take the top off, they evaporate. Uh, oh, so you got to drink them. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no point in having things there if you can't sample them. So if, it, if there's anything, it'd be uh, whiskey and uh, a nice bottle of wine with friends. Very nice. Um, okay. So where's the most unusual place you've been? tough one it is a tough one um, <laughs> um my my mind immediately went to borneo um uh, i spent a holiday in borneo and um we we i suppose at, at the time we grabbed a, a local guide and he you know we jumped in his car and he drives all over borneo and took us to different reserves and um and different uh I suppose for them, spiritual places, um, and you know what they deemed as places of interest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I saw a lot of different things there, um, so that was that was fun. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, my mind also went to Tasmania. So a number of years ago, we used to do a lot of hiking, um, and I've been to Tasmania a few times and walked the um, the overland track a couple of times. Oh, but wow. one year we went down. So one year we went down, we did the overland track, uh, spent a day, in, spent a night in Hobart and then took a charter flight to uh, essentially the middle of nowhere along the southwest coast. Um, so we flew into the southwest coast, uh, four of us with our backpacks, and then we walked seven days out. Um, so that was a really interesting experience because um, you only had yourself and the gear that you were carrying to, to find your way out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably get lost. <laughs> so you oh, said you'll be you're... fine. You're a surveyor. <laughs> Which way does the sun come up? <laughs> oh. So you met, um, you said you've been with your wife for over 20 years. How did you meet her? 
Uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. High school. Um, yeah. Um, uh, as soon as I saw her walk across the quadrangle, um, I knew that I was going to marry her. Um, she came to the school in year 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Wow. Sounds like a good history. um okay so would you rather have a real get out of jail card or a key that opens any door well i wouldn't have any need for a get out of jail card (laughs) um so i'd take the latter um Uh, because you never know what opportunity you might want to unlock. Mm-hmm. Yep, I uh, I probably agree with that one. <laughs> um, okay, so have you had anything, uh, whether it's a, a work or personal thing that has started out really, really badly, but has ended up being the best thing that could have happened to you? Of course. Um, Normally it's the opposite way around, but um, I'll try and think of an example that way around. Well, you can switch it around if you want to. Actually, no, no, I'll I'll, I'll give you an example. Now, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'll give you an example. So I mentioned that uh, second year university, Mm -hmm. I was either having too much fun or or something else happened. Now, during during that year, uh, my cousin, who was the same age as me, he was actually only a couple of, year, a couple of months younger than me, uh, committed suicide. Oh. And at the time, I was, you know, <laughs> even now, as I mention it, I start to get emotional yeah. about it. So yeah. um, it was a sad time. But what I learned was out of that was um, uh, resilience, um, uh, empathy, mm-hmm. and that whole emotional suite that, you know, you, you've got a time on this lot, you know, you've got a, a time to do, to be something or do something. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose what I, the thing that I took away from it probably the most is that um, there's always help. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is ask. Yeah. So that's advice that I've carried all the way through. And um, whenever I speak to someone who's down, um, look, Nothing's insurmountable. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun will always come up tomorrow and tomorrow is always a new day. So if you do feel sad, um, reach out to people. So I suppose even though that's, you know, a terrible thing, I got a lot out of that yeah. and I look at life differently because of that. So, yeah. you know, it, it fits your example. Yeah, most definitely. That's, um, yeah, definitely something happening in life that really does affect you that um, has made you see life in a totally different perspective. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, well, we see where it, it helped for you getting through uni. And... Look, of course, of course. And yeah. the, the thing you, you need to sort of, I, I suppose, use as a general rule is focus on the things you can change and don't yeah. stress about the things you can't change. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of wasted energy goes into focusing on things that you have no control over. You know, if I was upset about the lockdown and I'd, and if I was stewing about being in lockdown, I wouldn't want to get up and go to work every day. 
Yeah. I can't control that. that that's out of my control. So I, I won't focus on that. I can only focus on what I can do. And that's, uh, you know, help the company, help my staff, help my clients, you know, yeah. educate my clients. I'd rather do that. Yeah, that's such a, such a great attitude to have, for sure. Um, have you ever heard a quote or a saying that you hear people say all the time and you just think that is complete BS? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Um, nothing comes to mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose uh, the other way I can answer that is um, I'm open to, to many different things um, and many different thoughts. And regardless of whether I, uh, regardless of whether I agree with something or not, if that person does, then that means something to them. Right. And I suppose that's better than me, me being upset with that, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, totally open mind to everybody has their own thoughts and opinions and they're allowed to have them. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, how do you relax? Scotch and, um, and good wine sitting down with friends. <laughs> Fair enough. So guilty pleasure and relaxing are the same thing. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. All righty. Um, all right. So, um, Going back to our profession, we've had sure. a little chat about a few different things. We talked about the technology and how it's changing and evolving and stuff like that. How do you see our profession over the next 10 years? Oh, look, I don't see any massive changes over the next 10 years. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I see more automation coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a given automation is coming pretty, through in yeah. pretty much every industry. Uh, so I see more automation creeping in. That's not a bad thing. Um, I've heard people tell me, I've heard people say, and, I, and people have told me in the past that um, licensed surveyors or registered surveyors, whichever one you want to want to talk about, um, won't be required in the future. Mm -hmm. um, if there was a BS statement, that was it. Yeah. Um, because, because, um, there's so many nuances that, um, that happen with the measurements that are, that are taken. Um, I believe that the role of a licensed or registered land surveyor will always be required. Yeah. Um, I, I see technology as being providing different avenues of collecting data, but someone still needs to interpret that data. Mm -hmm. So I, I see our roles, um, being a valuable role into the future, not, not just now, but into the future as well. And again, you know, it, it's one of the oldest industries, the oldest professionals. Um, so it was there with the Egyptians, um, whether they used to call them rope, rope tuggers or rope pullers, um, you know, so it, it's, it's gone for eons. Why would it suddenly cease tomorrow? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, 
that just about sums up the questions that I had for you. I just have a few quick shots to fire at you. Sure. So basically, yes, no, typo or colour or whatever comes to, to your mind first. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? I like both. <laughs> I'll take both because I do too. Summer or winter? Summer. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Love them. Three items you would take to a desert island? I don't think you get an option if you're sitting on a desert island. <laughs> I'm giving you the option. <laughs> uh, Favourite song? Oh, I have too many. Um, Favourite artist then? Actually, well, favourite song for the moment is... Um, um, I'm good by the, the um, I'm good. I just can't remember the band just suddenly escaped me, <clears throat> but they wrote I'm it for the, um, yeah, yeah. They wrote it for uh, as part of the pandemic and it's, okay. it's, um, um, it, it's a good fun song. Cool. I'll have to find that one. Hilltop Favorite Hoods. Movie. There you go. What was it? Favorite movie. Oh, uh, favorite movie. I, I, um, I tend to gravitate towards sci-fi. Um, so I'm just going to say uh, something like The Fifth Element. Okay. Favourite book? Lord of the Rings. Introvert or extrovert? Oh, or, oh. that or June. Oh, June. Okay. Mm. Introvert or extrovert? I would say extrovert. Mm -hmm. But I like my own time as well. Yep. Is your glass half full or half empty? Always half full. One thing you'd never do again. Um, well, that's a hard one. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's so hard. Um, my initial response was don't get angry. Okay. If you had a warning label, what would it be? <laughs> that's, that's a, again that's I like that one um, <laughs> be careful he may bite okay who knows you best my wife what was your favorite subject in school PE favorite childhood memory Probably that one with my great-grandmother saying, don't lose your spark. Mm -hmm. Favourite food? Pizza. Favourite drink? Scotch or wine. <laughs> Scotch or wine. <laughs> Red or white wine? Both. Uh -huh. uh, your pet peeve? People whinging. Winning the lottery or having the perfect job? You can do both. Okay. Biggest fear?
Failure. Okay. Uh, favorite sport? Uh, I would say darts. Mm -hmm. Do you have a dartboard at home? Yes. And I, um, I have a monthly catch up with some friends uh, and we, we play and chat and it's just very social. So, nice. you nice. know. Morning or night person? Typically night. Mm -hmm. Your proudest moment? Getting married. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? Not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not very cool. Uh, maybe a seven. Seven. All right. Dream car? I would like an Audi RS4. Nice. What's your favourite colour? Blue. Are you a Apple or Android person? Apple. <laughs> Android. <laughs> Please. <laughs> And what's your star sign? Leo. Leo, lion. All right. Well, that's it for me. So thank you, Rod. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, so can I do any sprouting for you for any Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook? Can we find uh, look, you anywhere? You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you won't find me on Facebook, but you will find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and Intrax has its feeds through LinkedIn and Instagram and, and all those others as well, Facebook as well. So if, you, if, mm -hmm. you, um, if you're interested in what surveyors do, um, and by all means, follow the things that I post on you know, LinkedIn. Um, I'm also trying to spread on LinkedIn some awareness of dyslexia. Um, my daughter, who's nine, has dyslexia. Oh, and I believe, okay. my, both my wife and I believe that we had traits of it when we were younger as well. So oh. I didn't like reading until I was much, much, much older. Wow. Um, and, and I struggled, you know, at school, mm -hmm. you know, I dreaded being called out to, to read a paragraph in a book because I just knew I wasn't going to get through it. And typically I didn't. Um, so uh, I want to spread awareness of that because um, okay. it doesn't, it shouldn't stop you from doing anything that you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. And do you have any causes or anything that you align with when it comes to the dyslexia or that's just something you want to try and get out there with people that, I just want to get it out there. This, um, I'll, I'll put a post up on LinkedIn shortly, but there is a foundation that does some fantastic stuff with it uh, and they're spreading awareness also. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll put some links up on there as well. Okay, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out today and having a chat with me, Ron. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have too. I have. <laughs> oh, excellent. I'm, and I'm glad, I'm glad that um, I could help. Thank you so much. All right, and take care. Thanks, Peter. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Rod today. If so, please like and subscribe to my channels. Next fortnight, I'll be speaking to Norell Underwood. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.